TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 490, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. This is Tom. I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. This is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Yusun, and I am a costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, I have that HBO Max is launching its first Latin American shows. First two are called Diaz de Gallos and a show called Bunker. I don't know what either one of them are about, but yay. Wait, are, are you saying they're making them? Because they're, like, they're producing and making yes, and, you know. that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh no. Because there's this show called Sky Rios on HBO Max that I was thinking of checking out. So I just wondered if it was the same no, deal. Got it. Not. Uh, Wonder Girl is not moving forward at CW. I don't know why. Do you know why, Tom? They probably didn't like the pilot script. Okay, then. Uh, Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge will be Mr. and Mrs. Smith on a new series uh, at Amazon. Hmm. I, I thought As that was for a movie. Like I don't know if it's, yeah. it's... It was under TV news. I was confused whether it was a movie or a TV show, but it, it was under TV news. So. Well, it was originally a movie. I know um, it was originally Brad a movie. And, yeah. Um, but so it might be... The casting is interesting. They're yeah, going she's going to be in That's weird. Maybe they have chemistry. We don't know. Uh, Issa, Wait, who's the guy? Donald Glover. Wow, that is very weird. Okay. Uh, Issa Rae's new comedy rap shit gets HBO Max series order, which makes me wonder, what? You said a bad word. It's the name of the show! (laughs) Get over it. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is to end with season eight on NBC with ten episodes. Well, it had to end sometime. The Last of Us uh, has cast Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey as Ellie. And for those people who don't know who Bella Ramsey is, that is Lady Mormont from Game of Thrones, who was super awesome, and I'm very excited. That is brilliant. The casting for that is... I I mean, I never really played the game. I've seen little bits from it. I have played the game. But the the casting alone makes me excited to see this. Yes, I am... uh, Yeah, I have played the game. I am excited about the casting. It's going... She's got the attitude. Because Ellie is all about attitude. Attitude. And, oh, yeah. yeah, and that works for me. Uh, Claire Danes cast in the lead of uh, Essex. Is it Serpent? Yep. At uh, what is that? Is at Apple? Do you know what that one's yep. about? Um, I did. She's replacing Kira Knightley, who bailed last fall. I forget. We talked about it. Then. Oh wow. Okay. Well, then we'll figure it out later. Um. And then Gina Carano has been canceled from, <laughs> from the Star Wars universe. No, she's so, been held accountable. Yes, she has. Well, I mean, yes. I the thing that's weird is I already heard she was fired, like, in October. I heard that she wasn't coming back for any Star Wars way back then. 
even though there wasn't an official announcement, I think they were looking for a reason to like they had are like the executives at at Lucas had are not Lucas at Disney then, and then she, you know, launched this PR campaign yeah. so she play her tiny little violin. It's like how hard is it to not be a Nazi? Come on, seriously. <laughs> Well, the, yeah, I, I remember hearing a lot of stuff months ago, but it, it wasn't like in a finalized sense. Right. And I think that they were trying to give her the opportunity to, to you know, course try course. to make Shut things up. right and back out of it Shut and say, up. oh, I okay, didn't say what I up. meant. Or, and she didn't. She, all she did was double down. So yeah. she she murdered her own career, basically. And well, she's not that good. I know. No, that's what I said. I will not. not yeah, I will not know, miss her at all. In in terms of actors, she's a wrestler. So. <laughs> That's what I said on the Facebook page, Allison. <laughs> Great minds think alike. That's pretty good. Tom, go ahead, your news. Oh, Lord, I've got a bunch. Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, Anne Hathaway, Uzo Adubo, Nicole Bahari from Sleepy Hollow, Anthony Mackie, Dan Stevens from uh, Downton Abbey, and Constance Wu have been cast in Solo's anthology series for Amazon. Uh, Ooh, cool. Rob Delaney and Alice Eve will recur in a 10-part drama thriller, The Power. Uh, Apple TV Plus had their most watched weekend ever with the debut of Palmer a couple weekends ago, Justin Timberlake's new film. Uh, CBS. Wait a what was he apologizing for? Oh, for the Nipplegate thing and some other stuff. He, he was Whoa, apologizing. that's like he's a pup from 10 years ago? <laughs> Well, he's. Tr- I think time he's for people to make amends right yeah. now, Libya. <laughs> okay. Last week was not a good week for people who who had horrible behavior in their past. No. Um, CBS has cast Paula Newsom, Matt Loria, and Mel Rodriguez in their CSI event series revival. CW renewed All American, Batwoman, Charm, Dynasty, Flash, In the Dark, Legacies, Legends, Nancy Drew, Riverdale, Roswell, and Walker. And they also ordered extra episodes for the first seasons of Walker and Superman and Lois. They also ordered two series, the 4400 reboot. What? Uh, yes. Did I not know about that? Two series. Two. Love um, the 4400. Okay. Um, Disney Plus has greenlit a Wakanda series from Ryan Coogler as part of his new deal with the House of Mouse. And they also announced Disney Plus has 95 million subscribers worldwide as of January 2nd. Dan Harmon from Community has set up an Ancient Greece animated comedy series for Fox, and they're targeting next year for it to debut. HBO Max has greenlit a Velma Dinkley Scooby-Doo animated prequel series with Mindy Kaling in the lead role, and they're also rebooting Clone High. They picked up Search Party for season five. And Hulu announced that Anthony King will be the showrunner of season two of Woke. The Law and Order Organized Crime will uh, spin off will debut with an SVU crossover on April Fool's Day. Netflix, lots of news. The My Little Pony movie is skipping theaters and going directly. <laughs> <from that. laughs> is that uh, news for us? Really? Is that are we the target audience for? My well, Little I'm, Pony? I'm glad to know about that. I got to tell you, <laughs> I was hanging on that news. <laughs> <laughs> Gil Birmingham, Terry O'Quinn, and Calum Worthy will recur in Pieces of Her, starring Tony Collette and Bella Heathcote. Nev Campbell has joined the cast of The Lincoln Lawyer. Lana Condor will star in and executive produce Boo Bitch comedy series. Um, Netflix also ordered a wilderness survival drama Breathe from Martin Giro and Brendan Gall. 
and they gave the Umbrella Academy cast fat PHAT raises for season three. Paramount Plus has greenlit a Yellowstone prequel series called Y colon 1833. What? <laughs> wait, is there a show? So, wait, 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 wait. Why isn't Y? But, but uh, my question is, it's in 1833, so... It, oh, sorry, 1883, I, I typed But I'm saying, so it's a real prequel, like a hundred years prequel. Yes, it's a real prequel. Oh, wow. <laughs> Truth in advertising. Uh, the Man Who Fell to Earth series has cast Chiwetel Ejiofor in the lead, and Tuning Out the News has been picked up for season two. Peacock has picked up a limited series, Revival of the Best Man, which one of their film franchises with the original cast. Emily Hampshire, formerly of Schitt's Creek, has been cast in the Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman reboot by Sony. Stars has announced that the Step Up series has cast Christina Millian in the Naya Rivera role. They also greenlit a Catherine de Medici series, The Serpent Queen. And finally, Sci-Fi has announced Winona Earp will end with the second half of season four. Okie dokie. All righty, then. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Equalizer. And this was the series premiere starring Queen Latifah, but it is, what, the third version of this show? Yes. There, yeah. um, it's kind of a mix of the first two. <laughs> what'd you say? It's kind of a mix of the first two. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, see where you, I see where you're going there. Um, but, I mean... If you were a fan of the original, it's very much in the vein of the original, except instead of a really old white guy, you have a middle-aged black woman. Um, I like Ace. I really liked her reasoning for why she was quitting the CIA. That it was very much about politics versus retiring because she was too old, and that. By the end, she's very much about, well, we could do some good. Let me get on this and, and try to, uh, you know, have a mission. And I, I, I really enjoyed that about it. I mean, it probably, I mean, the, the one action scene where she beats the crap out of those guys was awesome. But I would have liked a little more action for the pilot, maybe another action scene. I think that would have made it feel very good. It feels very purse of interest. Like, if you liked purse of interest, you'll probably like this show. It, it has a very similar feel. I think it is CBS. I mean, it is, but uh, so what do you Tom? Uh, go ahead. The supporting cast is good. Yes. Adam Goldberg and um, Chris Noth, who hasn't gotten a law and order spinoff. True. Um, actually, I, I like the supporting cast in terms of like her, her support staff. Right. Um, as far as I'm concerned though, they can lose the family stuff. Oh, gee, uh, maybe, keep, maybe keep mom because I, I really like the actress who plays her. Her interstate is awesome. She's yeah. fantastic. And I, teenage you know, they, brat. It, it, well, oh she's God, supposed to be a teenage her. brat. That is literally what it says. I, I literally don't care. I She is so <laughs> boring and she sucks all the oxygen out of the room. Every time they have a scene with her, it's like, oh, my God, please, where is the fast forward? I don't care. I don't care. There. <laughs> Um, the, the rest of the show is really fun and, and, you know, it's not like, oh my God, the greatest television in the world, but it's diverting. It's fun. The cast is, is likable. Um, Queen Latifah is awesome. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that when they finally, you know, get things going, they, they 
push the family stuff to the side and we really don't deal with that. And we get more with her and her support staff and doing whatever the, you know, uh, person of the week who they help right. goes to. Yusin, your thoughts? Um, I, I like the show well enough. And, you know, as a pilot, I definitely give a show leeway. I mean, it's nice if it just comes out guns blasting, which it didn't, but that's okay. Um, I, I, I tweeted, I mean, I, I texted this uh, earlier, but it reminds me a lot of my food. Um, Tom food. said this, um, and I said that it's unexceptional, but eminently edible. So <laughs> I feel like, I feel like uh, much like most of my cooking during pandemic, um, uh, I, I feel like it's fun to watch. I do want to say a few quick things uh, off of what you guys said. Uh, you guys have kind of covered it. I think it's got potential. I think that um, Queen Latifah is believable, you know, in the role, even though she's middle-aged and she's this and that, you know. Um, however, I also don't, like, you guys know I hate teen uh, kid actors, but she's a teen, so I, I might have a little bit of extra room for her. I don't know how I feel about I get that they're trying to, like, round out the character and, mo and the other equalizers. We never knew about their lives and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know if there's an underlying, like, She's a woman, so we got to see her as a mom. And then, like, you know, she's got teenage girl problems. That is so boring and so <laughs> tropey and so and you know slightly misogynistic. Do you know what you know I mean? The ex-husband so, will like, be brought in at some point, too. What? Yeah, they haven't cast the ex-husband, but I'm sure by the Wait, second you know, episode. That'll be a sweet episode, but... ex-husband stunt cast with whomever. Right. All of it I don't care about. All you know, and, and not just because of what Allison said, but I, I have to wonder, like, why do moms why do women always have to be moms? And why do their, you know, problems always have to revolve around children? Like I find it slightly misogynistic. I'm not sure. We'll see well, where it goes. It, it's um, it's not it's slightly, so it's overtly. It's overtly, yeah. yeah. No, we you have a really Denzel's, good point. There. Never saw Denzel's I'm, family. We yeah, never saw I'm, Edward Woodward's yeah, family. That's right. Yes, I'm trying that's to be right. polite. I'm trying to be polite. I don't want to be all feminazi, but but for me, it's it's not something that it's a it's not a um it's not a soapbox for me. It's a real issue, and and you guys agree with me, so I don't love <laughs> it. Uh, and so so I'll so I'm right. If you all agree with me, then we're all right. Um, no, but yeah. So that's it. I'll, I'll watch it and I'll see where it goes. And I'd love it if they just kind of if they find out from the audience that nobody likes the family crap, and then they'll just kind of let her be, you know, like every other, you know, uh, fighter. Her, kind her of. I don't. I don't need will die tragically in a fire. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think that CBS that just is good about doing writing. focus groups, so they'll yeah. test it. If they presuming they get picked up for season two, they'll test yeah. it. And if they discover yeah. that the family stuff is a drag, you yeah. will never see that daughter again. Oh, yeah, she exactly. went abroad in Europe for protection. Exactly. Yeah. She went to college. You know, they, yeah. they, they won't even explain it at all. They'll just focus in other directions. Well, you know, and that can happen even as early as as just you know right after the pilot, depending on how much leeway they had and who they showed it to. But um, yeah, the, no, the only thing I like about her family stuff is they have a great kitchen. I really like their kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but let's wrap, guys, guys, we got to wrap this one up. We got to wrap this one up. Let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Snowpiercer. We have two episodes to discuss. I will say that I did not watch the and second I, episode because the first episode traumatized me to such a degree <laughs> that I was like, yeah, I'm going to need a minute. I'm going to need a minute. So, and it wasn't like a bad, well, what the, the, the thing that they've done for this season 
is they've introduced a bad guy who is a legitimate bad guy. Because in first season, we had, what's her name, Connolly? Melanie. Uh, Yeah, so Melanie, Melanie, she was never a very good bad guy, and I couldn't really see why. But as you get through the season, you realize... she's the Rocketeer's girlfriend. Well, no, the, the reason why is that as you get to know her character, she isn't really the bad guy she she's pretending and she's got layers and it actually works and i buy all of that but then when we get to sean beans mr wilford's character you're like oh this is the bad guy and he's so good at being evil like there, like he legitimately made me uncomfortable in several situations but most of all that bathtub scene which what the heck like i was watching it my eyes kept getting bigger and bigger like what's happening here what's happening here do i know like do i even understand what's happening here why is this happening like i couldn't figure out what well other than i knew that dude was dead like that was 100 percent. that guy is dead as a doornail i just didn't understand why he was sharing a bath with him like what why are there two grown men in this bathtub like because it didn't feel sexual yes naked in a bathtub it didn't feel sexual but it it made me really uncomfortable. I think if it had felt sexual, it would have been different. But because it wasn't sexual, I was like, what's happening? Why are they both in the bath? What? And then he, like, <laughs> hands him the blade. And I was like, okay, so he wants him to kill himself. But why is he in the bathtub with him to kill himself? What the heck, man? Like, That's oh, his my God. Thing. So the dog I mean, could come over and lick the bath, the bloody bathwater. Oh my oh god! god. Everything about that—it's like every time you think you know what's going on in that scene, they just crank it up to something weirder and more disturbing. <laughs> so when they first, you know, I mean, when they first walk into the room, you know, and he's got his robot and he's running the bath, and I'm thinking, wow, Wilford takes a lot of baths in this show. <laughs> he and, does, right? And and then you know, and then he starts talking to the guy and and you know, making it like, okay, well, this bath is for you. And so I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go the typical mafia thing. He's going to dunk his head in the water and drown him and blah, blah, blah. And then it just keeps getting stranger. (laughs) It's like, what's happening? Where are we? Oh, my God. It's like, you are not doing what I think you are doing. And, and, oh, ooh, Sean Bean actually has a pretty nice butt still. That's amazing. (laughs) So, oh, my God, where are we going? Um, Allison was momentarily distracted, yes. But, I mean, it was like, he tells the other guy to get in the tub, but then you're like, but wait, well, why are you in a bathrobe? And then, because I think he's going to kill him like getting into the tub. And then once he gets in the tub, I'm like, okay, he's going to kill him now. And he doesn't, he keeps going. And I'm like, and then he gets in the tub. I was like, wait, what? How's he going to kill him if he's in the tub with him? Like, what the heck? Tom, please speak. Cause this just like the, hurt my um, head. The, aside from the, the bathtub scene, which completely was cray cray. Um, the episode focused on Sean being Basically, he plans to assassinate King Layton, is what he calls yes, him. Yes, And was going to use his his surrogate daughter, Melanie's real daughter, to do it. And then uh, they have the summit, and then they realize that there it is snowing again, and they send up a weather balloon, and evidently there is a slow thaw, so the Earth might become habitable again within their lifetimes. So he decides to abort the assassination attempt, 
but not before uh, Alex cuts herself, bleeds on the floor, and as she's saying goodbye to mom, leaves a bloody handprint on the... That was weird. I was like, what does that mean? Like, when Girl's she did... issues. <laughs> I was like, she's a teenager. I was what like, what's what's with the, what's the emo bloody hand thing happening? Like, I didn't even understand what that message was. So, and then I think, I think other... she was because she, you know, she had been sent there to uh, be an assassin, and I think it was just kind of a warning thing of like, you know, you came this close. Yep. I think that's what it was really supposed that's, to be. That's how I took it. Okay, but um, I, I what like, I. Her. What I think was so impressive about Sean Bean's um, take on this role and, and the way he's being written is that, I mean, he is just such an off-the-chart psychopath right. and a cult leader. I mean, he really is a brilliant cult leader because he knows how to suck people in. It's not just that he's sadistic. It's that he knows how to manipulate people brilliantly. So that, I mean, the part of the... Re- Part of the thing that was so creepy about that bathtub scene going, you know, I hate to go back to it, but um, is that he didn't just knife the guy. He talked him into sacrificing himself. And he right. did it because he is so under his sway. And it, it was it was just, you know, fascinating to show and, a, a, you know, and much more difficult to write, I think, effectively. And so, you know, kudos to doing that because he really does come off as a dangerously charismatic uh, demagogue character. So you, you can see exactly why Melanie ran like hell from him and, and was willing to to go to lengths to abandon him because he, he is incredibly dangerous. Well, also what's interesting is they knew how to play him. They were like, if we give him center stage, he's going to come no matter how dangerous he thinks it is. He can't resist being the spotlight. At the, in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the way we, we finally saw the, the ginger little vixen from season one reappear. Yeah. And she's she's forced into a janitorial role, but she sees him and gives him a hug. and ugh. All of it was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Episode two was kind of, it seemed more table setting for Melanie's dangerous mission to the station to whatever to do the thing with the what. <laughs> and, you know, Leighton and his fem- girl and his women problems. Oh, right, because his girlfriend... Well, the thing is, the girl that they find that's frostbitten, she was a great character. She was a great character in season one, and I was really surprised when they killed her. I was like, whoa! She's not dead. She's just severely mangled from frostbite. Which we know they can fix, because they've got that miracle. Ah, right, we got the new scientist, guys. If if we can get her on the... uh, the other train. Yeah, right. but I think that ultimately that's where they're going to work because, you know, I mean, she she was one of their strongest assets in season one True. and it would be a shame to have her just waste her by having her look like the mummy for the rest of the, the season. <laughs> so I think oh. I think that ultimately they're going to they're going to go in that direction. Oh, and the three thing the three finger th- Oh, reveal- that was so creepy. Uh, oh. Oh, that was so. That was and again, so... going back to Allison's cult metaphor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so... So they, they just—they, I really, you know, last season I thought that they they did a, a decent job, but I wasn't like super excited about the show. Uh, it's <laughs> like I was watching it, but you know, um, this season they've really grabbed me, and I think that they've they've really taken it up a notch. I think part of it is that they found the right villain which can change everything. I'm, I'm tempted to think actually of, of uh, Farscape, which was just kind of treading water for 
almost their entire first season until they introduced Scorpius. Scorpius. Right. And suddenly they had the right villain and the show just took, took off, off like crazy. Yeah, that's true. And and the same thing here. It's like, you know, they were just kind of like season one was just telling you what you needed to know his background. And now we've got the real villain introduced and, and everything is just much more tense and much more taut. That's true. Well, let's move so, on. Rowan Blanchard, who plays Alex, was the lead on Girl Meets World on uh, the sequel series to Boy Meets World. So, I have no reference for that, but sure, I'm but sure other people will like it. That information. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Bob Hart's Abishola, and this week's episode ended up being a musical, which confused me a little bit because I was like, "Wait, what show am I watching? Am I watching Zoe? This is not Zoe. What's happening?" So it, it, it was pretty good because apparently the idiot brother has decided to uh, make working on the floor. Try. Yes, try to make working on the floor exciting. And so he started these doing these musical numbers, Musical Tuesday or whatever. And that was a lot of fun. And I really liked the end one as well. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, so this was a much more lighthearted episode of Bob. Um I mean, it didn't really move the relationship forward in any way, but it made it develop some of the other characters in a cool way, and I enjoyed the musical. So what do you think, Houston? Um, you know, I did think that it was a refreshing. You know, it's funny because I didn't rewatch the whole thing, obviously, but I did rewatch it uh, quickly before you know talking about it. And um, I think you, we both mentioned that the series was starting to get a little like dark and not dark, but you know what I mean, like a little, a little slightly serious. depressing, yeah, more dramatic, yeah, a little more serious, which you know is okay for a comedy. It's not like you're not allowed to do that. But um, I just I didn't love it, and I was hoping that the whole like husband coming from you know, Nigeria uh, wasn't going to last too long because it was really becoming a drag. And, you know, and I like the way they resolved it. You know, for the time being, they were just like, we're not getting married. You know what I mean? Um, and it was done really sweetly. We have also complained uh, most of the series about her, his brother and sister. So you, you touched on it, which is that... Um, it, not only did it not move the episode forward, the relationship forward, it was literally about the two of them. And let's not uh, forget the sister. I thought it was very sweet. The sister is a, you know, is a mess. We know that that's her role on the show. And, she, you know, depending upon your taste, she can either be funny, a funny mess, or just annoying. Uh, I, she's some, somewhere in the middle for me. So I thought it was very sweet. She's clearly lacking in love and confidence and, and why that partly why she's such a mess. So they focused on her and actually Abishola creating a bond and being friends. And I love that because that showed a very soft side of Abishola, like one that's even softer than she is with Bob. She's very sweet to the sister. She knows she's very troubled. And so there was that whole thing where she gets, she eats dinner over the family's house. Oh, and, then right. she eats, and then she has the, the, an allergic, the allergic reaction. reaction you know? right. And it was funny because I was wondering how far they were going to go. And they did the makeup, you know, they did the swelling makeup and the closed eye and the rash and everything. And, you wouldn't think it was funny, but it's sort of like a old timey, you know, sketch comedy. Like, you know what I mean? It was a visual gag as well. And um, usually I don't like that, but 
Um, I just thought it added to the whole everything. You know, she was so sad and she's like, oh, I ruined the whole night by having an allergic reaction and I'm so lame. And so I thought it was lovely because two characters that I don't particularly like, I thought they did a nice job of making them, uh, giving them more backstory, making them more likable, sympathetic. It also gave us a chance to show Abishola having a really sweet, tender side with the sisters. So even though it didn't move the relationship along, I thought it moved the show along you know okay. gave, gave it a little bit more breadth and depth so i thought they did a nice job yeah this is one of my favorite job. episodes i agree i liked it so yep. thumbs up for yep. me all right next up we're gonna talk about zoe's extraordinary playlist and technically we have two episodes but i don't feel like actually talking about two full episodes of zoe <laughs> um we can talk about the most recent one if you guys would like um though it's kind of harder though like a lot of the issues started in the I think that's we can true. Talk that about is it. true. Yeah, one, one ends, one yeah, ends one and the next one immediately begins. The main yeah. thing was the whole chirp issue, which was that it doesn't recognize black faces and what does that mean for the company? And then this felt like their little Black Lives Matter sort of episode or bringing on social issues episode. And it felt a little, I don't know why it felt heavy handed to me. Uh, yeah. I think right around the town hall when they were doing the town hall meeting and everyone talk about their whatever their issues are. I was like, that's not going to work. This is a workplace. You got to either give them a topic to talk about or whatever. And so and so then the first person that talks is the uh, the white guy. And I was like, nope, nope. And I, I just, think that was, that the, was point. the point, though. I, I mean, know, it was, but it irritated me. And the people who were talking were like, you know, all the white people. Yeah, um, I think that was 100. I get that's the yeah. point, but it irritated me so much that I had to turn it off. So. <laughs> I, I will agree with you. Actually, I will. I will say two things. I just want to respond to that specifically. Even though I was very conscious of the fact that that was the point, I did feel it was heavy-handed, and it did make me feel uncomfortable in a way that I just didn't want from the show. Do you know what right. I mean? And I thought it was really funny because in that town hall or something or maybe right afterwards i don't know whatever someone talked about virtue signaling i think it was like the scene right after and i thought oh you just described the last 20 minutes of the show you know what i mean like i thought it was a little ironic so i agree with you i i mean i understand why they did it and um i'm not opposed to you know them trying but i don't think they hit the mark with that and they ended up just making so really uncomfortable in a way that is counterproductive to what you had hoped the, and what you expect the show to be. And then also what you would, I think it was a lot to ask to take a subject matter like that and fold it into a show like Zoe with, and it was a very dicey walk on the ledge kind of a thing. And I feel like they fell off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just going to say other people can talk about other stuff. Go ahead. I, you know, I give them, I give them points for trying it's such an uncomfortable subject, and at least what I liked about it is they didn't let Zoe off the hook. Yeah. Mo didn't let her off the hook. Very Simon true. didn't let her off the hook. Very true. And I and I appreciated that because one of the things I like about Zoe in general, having worked in ha- having worked in corporate America for a while before academia, I like that they deal with workplace issues fairly realistically. And the thing, I, I can see why you bristle, but I can see somebody like Zoe totally doing that because every time those issues come up, and this has happened since I've been teaching at Christian universities, when these issues come up, 
people roll their eyes because they don't know how to deal with it well. And so I I like that they leaned into the discomfort and ultimately Simon was listened to. And that's the important thing. Because I think so many times it's um, and 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 other people have done done similar things, you know, more humorously. Uh, namely, Better Off Ted did a couple of episodes way back when, dealing with actually a very similar issue where the new censors in the water fountains didn't sense people of color, but it was you know it was a wacky sitcom plot and a wacky. Oh, sitcom my favorite sitcom. one was that show. Oh, I can't remember the name of that comedy. Where the elevators were didn't sense black people, so whenever the black employees would get on the elevators, they couldn't get off, and they had that, to wait for a white person to get on the elevator. That was better off tech too, I think. Oh, okay. Fantastic! That's so fantastic. That that was the best I've ever seen. That made me laugh so hard. But I, See, I, I think what was I, I think if there was a problem with this, it's that it was it was too reality based. Things like you know the water fountain not working or the elevator stopping are things that are so outlandish that that they're funny. Yeah. But this was something yeah. like, okay, well, our app doesn't recognize black faces, and that you can absolutely see in the real world. So I think they they would have been better off if they had taken something that was a little more over the top that you could laugh at rather yeah. than than just you know and 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 use it to address a serious issue but uh, you know the way they did it it was like oh we're it was like you know the very very special issue of Zoe you know right. um, it was a very special to, episode very right. special very episode, episode. So. we got to hear the indian brother sing though <laughs> Yes. And you know what? Real quickly, I wasn't going to mention it, but since you brought it up, Tom, I, again, I don't know if they were trying to, I don't know if this is a situation of trying too hard or I give them points for this, but they did actually include like POC as opposed to just BLM. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but they definitely wanted to give him a voice as well, literally with the singing, but also to kind of address that it, it that it's a, an overarching issue with, with many minorities, you know what I mean? And that he is actually, Indians are considered brown as a, more brown than Asian, you know what I mean? Like that's also a, a you know, a, a gray area. But anyway, I, I did, I, they just tried. They tried, maybe they tried too hard and, and like, Allison said, inherently they chose the a wrong entry. You know what I mean? So I mean, but like with Tom, I say points for trying, I guess. All right, well, you let's, know? Move, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Batwoman. And I take it that uh, Allison and Tom have bailed on Batwoman. You tried her out, you liked her, but you don't like the story. Is that what you're telling me? I, I did watch the the most recent one. Um, I don't think we had one this last week, but yeah, um, yeah I did watch the one before I that. I was offended by I'm, the title. I thought the really. title was goofy, but I don't even remember. Yeah, I, I the title that was, was borderline. Also, it, it oh, was it was yeah. Bat Girl Magic instead of Black right. Girl Magic. I was oh. like, oh no, no, you okay, have tried that. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was. I mean, I liked the actress a lot. Um, I liked that she changed the wig, so it fit her. Um, yeah, sure. I did much like, less embarrassing looking than that big red monster thing. Right, uh, and yeah. and I did like Zaz as the uh, because I watched Gotham, so I was like, oh, it's Zaz, cool. And and I liked that the characters were very similar. Um, I don't oh, like him as much as Gotham Zaz, but still. Yeah, still a Zaz. I like I liked it. 
Uh, so I like to be in the villain, though. I don't think I needed to spend as much time with him chatting up his victims as he kills them. Like, I felt like that was a little extra. I didn't need all of that. Um, but I like that she, she made the suit her own and she finally had a moment with Fox where they sat down and really talked about their issues and all that. Though, I'm gonna call foul on all the storyline that happened on that island because it's all supposed to make us think that, what's her name? Who's coming back? Was it Kate? Kate. Uh, yeah. All of that's BS because we know she's not coming back. So I'm like, why are you building an entire storyline around something that we know is not going to happen? Yeah, that is what, that, I thought that was weird also. I I'm thought like, that was guys, weird. You, I, there's no tension. There's zero tension in this entire storyline that you just built up as our, as our B story. You get no points. No points. Um, yeah. But the stuff with Batgirl, I did like that. I liked her having to fight Zaz. I liked her not knowing how to throw the, the what are they called? The Batarangs? Like, she yeah. sucked at that. And, um, I mean, as you would, if you had, get handed me a Batarang and told me to throw it, I wouldn't know how to throw it either. So I liked all of that as her learning curve and all that stuff was fine. So, uh, anybody else thoughts? comments um i i'll just echo yours by saying ditto i mean i don't need to go over what whatever you said um but i will bring this perspective to it i bailed middle of first season and i didn't really like the show with rose or whatever her name was um kate um so uh i wasn't really interested at all but i curiosity about how they would handle legitimately just recasting Full, colorblind. I'm not even bringing that into it right this second. Um, I, I always find these kinds of things interesting. And I had wanted Batgirl, Batwoman, sorry, to be really good. So when I asked you, Libya, or anyone, if it's possible to kind of start second season and would it really kind of uh, be an issue, I, I find it not to be. And maybe that's because I don't care that much about the show and or I didn't think it was that good for a season. But I do like, from a person who hasn't watched the show, you know, first season completely, I, I think they're doing a good job of folding in a new character you know what i mean and they're not shying away i agree with you that that girl magic thing was ridiculous and i i really actually went oh, what like when i read the title and i thought geez but i do like that they've absolutely made it an issue um you know they're not glossing it over there was i th i don't think it was this episode i do think it was the one before but baby fox said you know when they were like you know i can stand there and be her and he was like uh black you know what i mean like so they're leaning into it they're not ignoring it um so for someone who like i said maybe i care less about like how the transitions are if they're not good i don't I find the the villain, the sister, less annoying this season. I don't know why. I felt like she was more of a mustache twirler in the first season. So I don't think it's a great show, but I do believe it also has potential to get better. And it's interesting enough, so I'll I'll watch it. I may bail again by mid-season, but it's got enough in it for me to watch now. All right. Uh, I'm giving it a thumbs up, so I liked it. All right, next up, we're yes. going to talk about... Next up, we're going to talk about Legacies. And so we have two episodes to talk about. We have the musical, which was so much fun, um, where the Salvatore School puts on a musical where they reenact the Vampire Diaries, and they cast the main characters, characters from the show. 
And it was fantastic. I really love the auditions where everyone wanted to audition to play um, Damon <laughs> and no one wanted to be Stefan. Great. That, that was, was great. So that was hilarious. Awesome. And um, yeah, I loved all of it. Like that episode was so much fun, especially if you've seen Vampire Diaries. Um, and Which I, you made watch, Lydia. I want to say it for the record. I had to slam through eight seasons just so that I would appreciate this musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> very to be proud fair, we had already started watching Vampire Diaries, but I told you you couldn't watch this musical unless you finished Vampire Diaries. Sure, sure. Yeah. Which you I see, slammed. I did not see Vampire Diaries. I saw the originals, but I did not see Vampire Diaries. So I was just, you know, like, I know certain references that were made to certain characters throughout this series and the originals, but a lot of my time was spent going, um, who's talking right. to who again? <laughs> um, why, why is this important? What is going on? See, so I, I was able to... I enjoyed it from the perspective of I love watching the cast sing and dance because they're yeah, great. They're very good. There's there some amazing voices in there and all of that, and that was fun. But um, I was pretty much lost storyline wise. I, I I just had to throw up my hands and go, "It is what it is." Um, so because I I really had no clue. I want to give a shout out to my 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 writer producer friend Thomas Brandon who wrote the episode and the music for it and his wife. Oh, did you the know film. Thomas. Yeah. You wow. We've Good had this conversation him. before, Lydia. <laughs> Whatever. Nice I know Thomas too, so my. <laughs> I knew him first. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really just, I thought this episode was just, it took everything, if you, yeah, it took all the little inside jokes for Vampire Diaries and made them awesome. And the whole casting, uh, uh, who they ended up casting for each of the roles was perfect and um i just it just made me smile really hard watching that episode and using it as a way to get uh landon and hope back together right from their kind of breakup whatever that happened from their whateverness yes (laughs) and so let's move on to the second episode which was uh basically it would have been the season finale of last season where they basically wrap up the Malivore and they wrap up the um, the Necromancer, that villain time, you know, that villain storyline, all of that gets wrapped up in one episode, and it's pretty big, it's pretty epic, a uh, little cheesy, but you know, it's legacies. Uh, so, what did you guys think of that? I thought it was good. Um, I, I, you know. I'm I'm kind of sad that we're going to be missing uh, the necromancer after this because he was just fun to watch, but I mean the 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 way they wrapped him up and Malivore because you you couldn't keep it going like forever and ever and ever you had to right. move on at some point, and I thought the way they did it was was nice, um, so uh, so that was all that that was all good, um, the characters you know coming together and the way they did to to fight the bad guy was you know bad guys um was all nice the the ending it was like i i was just counting the seconds especially when they're they're lying there saying hey you know how, what could possibly get in the way of our precious love and and <laughs> it's like 
three, two, one, you know. And then he dissolves so, into yeah. black goo. Did you see that yeah, coming, though? It, not that specific thing, but I knew something horrible was going to happen, you know, and, and so I was just waiting for it. Yeah, teenagers can't and, have sex. It reminded me of what? You go ahead. I said teenagers can't have sex. What, what did you say, you said? Well, that actually that was literally what I was going to say, which is it's the Friday the 13th horror movie trope of like, sex is bad. And if you have sex or you're in the middle of having sex, somebody is going to stab you to death brutally. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, or turn I, you into I, a puddle I, of goo. Yeah. So I thought, whoa, I was like, um, so yeah, so I could say something funny and slightly inappropriate, but I won't. So um, overall, I will just talk about the show because it's the the two episodes, uh, you know, kind of highlighted for me. It's a light, fun show with a little bit of darkness and violence. And, you know, so it isn't completely fluff. Um, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know how else to describe it. I just, you know, it's got, it's got, you know, it's, it's in the world that I like, you know, um, and I definitely like all the characters enough now. Um, and there's got humor and, but it's not completely silly. So I think that um, I will just say this though, because we, do, I think we've talked about this incessantly throughout the seasons. I don't love Landon and it's really hard for me to like super ship those two because I don't love him. However, um, I feel like I want, I'm I'm really interested to see what they're doing with the I was a phoenix I'm not a phoenix like I'm special I'm not special uh, I want to see where they're going because in the this last episode he like there were a few scenes where he was like angry or mean or something I don't really remember and I thought oh okay this is a better version of Landon instead well, of but it wasn't puppy dog Landon. yeah like, I was gonna say yeah that, that wasn't was Landon taken over by Malivore yeah. That- that- that That's was... right. Yeah, right. He was Malivore. And then I thought, oh, maybe Malivore could just stay. And, like, he could just <laughs> be, like, a better version of Lance. Uh, was like, and, no, for real, because I remember that in the show. I forgot right now. But I was like, why do I like Landon so much? And then I was like, oh, right, because he's not Landon. He's Malivore. So that, to me, showed me how much I dislike Landon. Because when he was playing, <laughs> you know, as someone else, I thought, yeah, you're way better this way. And I thought he was even a better actor. So I think if they give him better material question mark i would like him better i don't know but other than that the other thing last thing i will say is they redeemed the asian witch i know it's terrible i'm being very dismissive i don't remember her <laughs> um, but it's terrible um, but um i you know because I, I said this all year long Alyssa. yeah Alyssa. i've said this all year long demonizing the asian female you know blah 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 and i was wondering like if they were going to kill her off you know or or what they were going to do and i like that it, again it was stereotypical but fine like they brought her back into the fold so that was kind of nice too i i kind of didn't want her the last image of her being you know let's kill the mean asian mad you know girl you know what i mean so i thought that was nice too i, I thought that both episodes were fun i'll give them props for moving on from black which always having black which is to adding an Asian witch in. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And I, Just roll the minority. Yes, well, that's... Yeah! Well, they did have a black guy in Vampire yeah. Diaries. They, they've well, had, but, no, they've, well, they've had, 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 had some, some male witches Vampire Diaries. Yeah. But, uh, Tom, any comments before we wrap this up? Because we got to keep moving. No, no. I second what everybody else has said. All right. And, well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Clarice for about five seconds. Uh, Tom, um, your review is not sparkling. What did you think? Uh, her accent's terrible. Uh, agreed. 
Michael Cutlets is wasted as her boss. I'm holding out for that because he might have more depth than we're seeing. I just think it's a bad idea. Why did they set it in 93? I, I don't know. I just, so why? That they, yeah, they could have just said the movie happened more recently. Yeah. Yeah. And I find it curious that it's based on the book, but they can't mention Hannibal Lecter's name because those rights are tied up with other... That's It's just weird. I, I She's... She's adequate. That's the nicest thing I can say about her. She's <laughs> adequate. Uh, but it wasn't. It was. It was an unremarkable show. It was mediocre. I didn't <laughs> hate it. I didn't love it. I didn't feel anything other than I did not like her accent. It bothered me. <laughs> and Cutlass, I, I'm. I love him a lot, and so I'm probably going to keep watching for a couple more episodes to see. Now that she's defied him and not followed orders, I want to see if he actually gets to know her. And something happens there that's interesting. So that's what I'm holding out for. I'm holding out for Michael Cutlass to be awesome, uh, which I know he can be. So instead of making him, he's not even a mustache twirling villain. He's just an annoying boss. He's the annoying boss. So I want him to become, and I think he really likes his team. Like when he introduces his team, you can tell his team likes him and he likes his team. So I want it to be where she is then folded up into the team and they're not adversaries. So that, like once that happens, I will be able to judge whether I can deal with this show. But wow, her accent is awful. Do you know if she's just American? Is she British? Do we know? Don't know. Don't care. All right, then. All right, let's move on. That's all I have to say about Clarice. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Resident Alien. And they dropped two episodes for some reason. Um, and it was... The second episode that dropped, which was episode three, was the most bizarre for me because they have Alan Tudyk doing his shtick, which is consistently funny. I like I like spending time with him. His character's great. But then they had like this B story with the nurse where it was all this emotional musical montage stuff. Like, I was like, what is happening? Is this the same show? It felt very different. It felt like a very, very different show. And I was not particularly sold on blending the kind of slapstick, tongue-in-cheek, Alan Tudyk thing that they were doing. Mixed Like, they had such a long stretch of the nurse's storyline that when they finally like switch back and Alan Tudyk is doing his voiceover again, it was actually s- like startling a little bit. Uh, so I'm not sold on this. I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that was just an experiment. And I know part of it was to get us to know her and to like her and get her whole backstory and find out about the kid that she gave up. They got adopted down the street, which is super weird to know where your kid got adopted. Uh, and I feel like that can't be legal. Um, just adding all that angst and, and like darkness and, and blah to the story just felt weird. So other thoughts, what do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I've Who said else before. Watched, Alice, watching it? Yeah, yeah, I am. Al- Go ahead, Allison. I, I, Go ahead. I've said before that, you know, the, the draw for me is, is Alan Tudyk. Um, and I don't think that's changed. Now I've gotten to like the show more than I did at the very beginning, I figured, you know, this show is, is we'll be lucky if it lasts a season. And and now yeah. I'm I'm still not sure it's gonna really do that, but it's I genuinely laugh out loud whenever, 
he has his scenes because he is hilarious. And the yeah. kid who he plays off of, oh yeah, is their scenes are great. Too. Yeah, they're, they're the, great. just the the back and forth and the neener neener between the two of them, you know. Because now the kid isn't even afraid of him anymore. He's just he's just yeah. you know, like like he's he's dealing with a bully at school who he realizes is just all show and no go. And uh, yeah. and so the two of them going at each other is fantastic. Um, but that part of the show is is wonderful. I love I love all of that. But every time they do switch over to another character and try to give me their backstory, especially the nurse, like you said, it's like I why am I watching these people? They're not really interesting. They're not really funny. They're stock sitcom fill out characters. And I, you know, I mean, maybe if they, if there was more connection emotionally to him, um, cause it looks like they're going to go down that road with the nurse, maybe I'd care more about her background. But in the meantime, I'm just, I really, it just feels like time taken away from Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Yusin, go ahead. Um, I, I'll jump in, I'll jump in and say that. I want to love the show, but I don't. And I can't disagree with anything that you guys said, so I won't repeat it. Maybe I, maybe it, it, it's less of a detraction for me because of the uniqueness of the show. Um, I'm a very strong uh, fan of Alan Tudyk's. I think this is right up his alley. I won't go in, you know, I won't go on and on about that. Um, I do actually like the side characters. Not as, you know, not I don't love them yet, but the the antagonistic super aggressive cop is hilarious oh yeah you know what i mean he's and he funny. like cowboy boots and he is hilarious he fully commits to that it's you know what i mean so even though he's a trope you know it not and not as a black sheriff but as that like super hyper aggressive you know whatever uh police dude oh, well, it was so um, great he was I, like we won't rest until we finish dragging this lake and then the then the sheriff her, his deputy was like except we're resting now to go sleep and then we're coming back and he's like yes <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So that Laurel and Hardy bit, that you know, p- partnership or whatever, that's funny. Um, I do think, uh, I, I will expand on that because I, I gripe about this all the time. I, I do love how they developed the child and the alien thing. It reminded me a little bit of like that home alone kind of a yeah. energy, you know what I mean? Where like he's a bumbling, you know, kind of a bad guy and the kid is like fully, you know, kind of unafraid of him now and antagonistic of him. Uh, which I actually like, you know, nor I, I don't, if I had a screaming kid, you know, running around the entire season, you know, I, I mean, I just would have clawed my eyes and ears out. So I like that approach. The last thing I will say is uh, the beats are different and yes, it doesn't, it doesn't always work. And the tone change doesn't always work, but I like that it, they're trying to give me something really different. And I mentioned it in our text off, off show. It reminds me of like a, like a, you know, um, uh, uh, picket fences or a northern exposure you know um you know it's just it's, it's weird offbeat but it tries to be heartwarming and and because it's an alien is involved now we're talking legitimately it's weird um so i hope the show survives but i definitely feel like it might not i think it might be a little too weird and it's not good enough so if it gets better and it gets an audience i would love to see this keep going uh, just because of the novelty of it it's not great but i points for originality for sure. Yeah, right. I would like to add one one no, small no, no, thing. We, got, we really, we really do... got, we guys. We well, really, well, we it's really... just, it's, it's, it's just really, really small. It's just at the very, very end of the last episode, they do introduce two characters who clearly are aliens also and have a different agenda than he does. 
um, probably just to find oh, out right. what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and they seem to be a lot more adept at faking being human. So it would be interesting to see, you know, what they are and how they play into it and, you know, what kind of threat they're going to they're going to ultimately turn out to be. So I think that I think if the if the show has a chance of, of you know, grabbing more, um, it's going to be by introducing characters like that as real threats. Right. And right. and you know, seeing seeing where this goes from there, because right now it's just kind of the same thing over and over. So I, I'm interested to see what they do with that. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about the Expanse, the season finale. Um, and wow, this was crazy. In that I just I didn't see the end coming. Like they did the switch. Like. If you had asked me who's going to die in the finale and you told me that one of the main characters is 100% going to die in the finale, who's it going to be? I would have picked Naomi mainly because she's been in danger through the whole thing. Oh, yeah, the whole season she's been in danger. And the last few episodes, she's almost out of oxygen. She's floating in space. You really have your eye on her. And I was really kind of upset because the way that they dealt with uh, I'm thinking of the actors. Name. Alex. Alex. I said Kaz Anvar. That's not right. Uh, Alex, the way they were de- dealing with, they dealt with his one, it was stunning because it came out of nowhere. So there was that. And when I'm watching the footage, I was like, wait, what? Like I was literally confused for a second. And then when they go to the scene when they're in the, uh, at the, in the infirmary, I was looking for him in the infirmary and he wasn't there. And I was like, wait, What? And then they tell you, oh, he's dead, but it feels weird. Like, I ended up talking to my brother about this episode, and he didn't realize that he was dead. And I can see how you could watch this entire episode and not realize it, because they gave it a little bit of lip service, but they didn't really, like, deal with it, because they had, like, time jumps and stuff, and I was just like, But there was a reason, there was a reason. Okay. And I was, re- and because I, as, as much as I love this show, I don't follow any of the fan stuff behind the scenes. So I didn't, all I knew was that was a really abrupt and really bad ending for a character who's, who's, you know, one of the main cast. Right. And I felt really, I, I felt kind of upset about that. And I was the, too. For, for that reason. And also for, for the little thing that happens at the end where I was going, what is going on? Um, I went looking around for information and it turns out that that character actually doesn't die in the books. Um, and he was offed very quickly because we have a situation of yet another actor behaving badly off screen. In this case, case, sexual harassment charges involving underage people. So, um, (sighs) yes. So this, the, the Cass Anvar was waved bye bye, uh, very quickly they got rid of his character, just, you know, and and he wasn't around later on to even look at a body because he was gone by then. Um, so we just got a little explanation of, oh, it's a stroke. That kind of thing happens. And that's pretty much what happened to him, which was really, really a shame because I loved his character. But he had the misfortune to be played by an actor who didn't behave himself very well. So that's what happened there. There, there is the shot in the ship where 
you see the blood drop. I know, but it's hard eyes, to tell, blood. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, did agree. someone shoot him from behind? Did you know? It, yeah. you, you don't know. It's not until it, it, the later scene where they say stroke that I went, okay. It's interesting because I watched the I watched the final uh, after show. Yeah, they don't talk I, about him in it, and I was very confused. Oh no, they talk about they talk about how sad it was that Alex stroked out and how possible that is with the physics of what they're doing. Yada yada blah blah blah. They didn't talk about any of the behind the scenes stuff. No, and they didn't talk about that, they were going to miss the, the actor or like, anything. Oh, please don't talk about that. Well, what was weird is because I didn't know the backstory. So I thought it was weird because I was watching the after show and I got mad at the after show because they weren't acting like they were sad about him leaving. And I was like, what the heck is going on, man? And so I was kind of just, I turned it off like 30 minutes. Well, it's like a 40 minute thing, but I turned it off because I was upset because I didn't think they dealt with his death well. And I was like, what the heck is happening here? So yeah, it's uh, because they, it wasn't really supposed to happen that way. And it just was an all of a sudden thing. Um. Uh, yeah, he got canned, and they had to very quickly find a way to, to write out his character. And that was that. So that was unfortunate, because um, in the books, um, apparently he he has another book to, to go through. And they're going to have to write around his character and well, figure out. I'll just give it to all his stuff to Bobby, which is what... Bobby is like five characters already. So. Or, or, or give it to Drummer. <laughs> drummer. Yeah, Drummer's awesome. Drummer, now, drummer was uh, awesome in this episode. Yeah, that's true. Drummer's amazing. Yeah. But Drummer's also a compilation character. Yep. You know, right. There's, there's, I mean, you know, it's the, something, something's got to get done. Let's give it to Drummer. Because um, she's awesome. But yeah, the, so, so that, that was interesting. And the, the, the other thing in the episode that, that really blew my mind and was, uh, again, another reason why I went looking for information was when, you know, at the end when uh, they go after the ring, yep. and and all of that was brilliantly done and scary. So, and so explain. So you said you looked this up. What the heck ha- happened at the very end? But yeah, because that, I mean, it was weird. We've seen people go through the ring before, and they generally don't dissolve right. little red it particles. It's an attack. And apparently that leads into, uh, I mean, they've hinted about it before when they went to the planet where where the uh, the builders of the of the ring Rings, have right. been wiped out by some other civilization, and apparently that is kind of what happens now. They they have been hinting also by saying that some people who have gone through the ring, like some colony ships that have gone through the ring. Um, have kind of disappeared and we can't get in touch with them and we don't know where they've gone. And this apparently is what happens to them because it's at random intervals and th- there's apparently an explanation that they'll, they'll go into later. I'm still not clear on it. But at certain points, these 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 like subatomic particles... Um, which are, uh, I think they're, they name them the vandals, attack whatever goes through that ring at a certain time and literally takes them apart at the subatomic level. Okay. And that's what we were seeing going, that's what we were seeing happening to that Well, show. I was pretty sure they were dead, but I didn't understand what was happening. What's, yeah. what's interesting is there's, there's a clip from, I guess it would, it, it either had to be season. It had to be season four, where where Holden says that when he goes through, he sometimes feels this presence that's angry. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and exactly. It's it. like, whoa. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's interesting where they left the season because the you know obviously season six, which will be the final season, will deal with these new this new threat as well as the uh, the, the the war again Earth or the. Uh, Earth versus the Free Navy, or I guess the Inner Planets versus the Free Navy. Right. All right. Uh, overall, it was a good season finale, and I'm glad we have one more season to wrap everything up. Um, and I just want to have Bobby and Drummer to have more screen time, and that will make me extra happy. And, yeah, I thought, you know what made this season good, too? Very, very little Holden. Very little Holden this season. That's what made this season excellent. Some of us like Holden. That's not me. I, I, I'm not of the I hate Holden club. I, that's, that's not I just, me. I don't hate him. I just find him boring. He's not Landon. Let's be clear. <laughs> oh, God, no. But, but I find him a very mediocre, kind of bland, white bread, fall asleep, watching him sort of guy. And so... The real tragedy of the episode is when that bottle of whiskey falls. <laughs> I thought they were going to catch it. Oh, gravity. Somebody get catch it. Catch it. Yeah, I really thought really, somebody was going to catch it. On the moon, it fell way too fast for, for being on the moon. Yeah, um, I, I really did think somebody was going to catch that. And then it hits the ground. I was like, oh. Oops. Not too <laughs> much. Take off with it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, we're saying thumbs up. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. All right, next up, we're going to talk WandaVision, and this episode <laughs> was the Malcolm in the Middle episode. Oh, no, we got to talk about the previous episode. Oh, yeah. that's right. I'm sorry. The McKilla. We <laughs> never <laughs> got to talk Let's about rewind. that. Let's rewind. Episode five, which was, uh, which was the, what was, what's that show? Uh, the one with the twins. Uh, what show oh. was? Oh, it was kind of Full Housey. Full House episode. Right, thank you. So, that one was basically Vision starting to catch on that something's weird's going on, what the heck, and he's starting to ask questions, and he goes to work, and he does the little mind thing and, and gets one of his coworkers, like, wakes Herb. him up. And that Herb. dude's like, oh, my God, help us. We're, she's, she's doing she's crazy. She's out of control. She's out of, yeah. And so you're like, oh, no. And I, I really like, and that was, wasn't that the standoff episode, too, where he's floating and she's, is that the same one? Yep. Yeah, it's just at the at the very end they start to rise up and go after each other. And, right, right. And yeah, I like Vision putting it together, and I also like the fact that in that episode we find out who Wanda cannot control, which is she can't control Vision so much. Well, she was controlling him a little more at the beginning, but now she's kind of lost her control over him, and she can't control her kids. Like the, mm-hmm. the 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 twins, she has zero control over the twins. Who so. ate? How many times did they age? They they age twice in this episode. Yes, they were babies, yep. and they were toddlers, and then they were ten. Yeah. Yeah. And shall we just go ahead and get to the in, to the surprise ending? Go. You were very <laughs> excited about it, Tom. So you go ahead. Isn't that what breaks up the 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 tentative fight? Yeah, it is. They're rising yeah. up to go after each other, and all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. There's a knock on the door, and, and he's she's like, "I didn't do that." Yeah. And then they craftily show from the behind this familiar, you know, silver black hair. 
And then they show the, and so you're like, oh my gosh, they got they resurrected Pietro from Age of Ultron, and they go to the front, and it's Evan Peters from the Foxman movies. <laughs> bum bum bum. He and is he my is, he is the better Quicksilver though, if you're honest. He is. He, he is. is the, the thing he is, is the know, superior when I, Quicksilver. Absolutely. When I saw him from behind, though, I I knew that that wasn't the the um, MCU Pietro. Just the shape of the head was different. So I'm thinking, you know, when I saw the back of him, I thought, is that, are they? But it was still a full misdirection. Oh my God. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, it was, that was really, that was really amazing. And of course, you know, like within five minutes of that, uh, premiering on, uh, it's just like the, across the internet, you heard people just go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, I think so he's a great. He, I think he's a great addition, mainly because he's funny. That actor's already mm-hmm. funny, so oh, adding yeah. him to a comedy really works. And as the goofy brother that's come to visit, he really uh, works. And uh, that leads us into the next episode, which is the Malcolm in the Middle episode. And so he is the uncle that's that's uh, getting the kids to do bad stuff, and he's a man child and. All the things that happen in sitcoms when in-laws come to visit. Like, they were doing all the comedy tropes. But what's also interesting is then when we go outside the hexagon, we deal with what's going on with S.W.O.R.D., which was now we find out that the leader of S.W.O.R.D. is probably our bad guy. Well, so, at least one of the bad guys. Yes. is you know military bad guy. The thing that was interesting about... There's a lot of interesting things about this particular episode. One was that... In the in just the the episode previous, they had had a discussion how there were like no children in this town, mm-hmm. and suddenly we walk outside. It's the Halloween episode, and the place is crawling with kids. Right, you know they're everywhere. It's like we're, and 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 they even mention it. Evan right. Peters' character says, you know, were they like you know at home sleeping? Did you have them you know tucked away someplace or did so you couldn't so you didn't mess with their minds give them trauma yeah yeah i mean you know he's he's like suggesting all these things so it's they they do make sure you're aware uh that this is not normal and the other creepy thing is that you realize that as the further away you get from the center of town the further the characters uh are able to be adequately controlled by right they they start freezing yeah they start freezing and, you know, they, they slow down until they actually end up stopping. And, it, I mean, the creepiness of that was was really intense. And especially when, when Vision sees all this going on and wakes Agnes up. Right. That was uh, crazy. Yeah, she's, yeah. Like, she's like, am I dead? She's like, why do you think you're dead? She's like, because you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you and are. Tables. <laughs> yeah. And what I thought was interesting, you know, it's, it's please help us. You're one of the Avengers. And he's, what are the Avengers? Yeah, that was crazy. Um, so all of that, all of and, that. And even wonderful. not knowing that he's an Avenger, when he gets out, he doesn't care that he's dying. He's asking for help for everyone else. For them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that was, that was intense, too. The, I mean, the, the, the watching him disintegrate right. and having all the pieces of him essentially pulled back in. To, to the anomaly, um, the, the the hex was um, really. I mean, there was that was pretty pretty horrible looking, and I was wondering, you know, 
okay, well, exactly how are they going to deal with this? And that's when the kids start really manifesting their powers, you know, because one of them realizes, you know, something's wrong with dad and Wanda loses her mind (laughs) and starts expanding the hex outward. And we see we see all the different changes, you know. The, and now the, we have a carnival. Now we have a carnival. Sword agents. Oh yeah, that's great. I love, I how love they, them turning. I the love clan. how they time change everything. Yeah, I love how they absorb and, and change that. I just want to jump in about the kids because I I didn't love 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 the show when it began, and I, like like I'm a pretty patient person, so I gave it time, and it it, it you know it didn't take too long, you know, but I kind of was like I don't know about this, um, but I love the twist. I don't know if you want to call it a twist. Uh, the development of the sort of like, as in like AI, you know what I mean? Like the kids have their own consciousness. They were clearly born out of her her fiddling, you know, out of the hex. It's not like she had a child. It wasn't like she was already pregnant and then this happened. That's not that trope. She created these children out of nothingness. Vision, she basically reanimated and yet he has his own consciousness. So I like that aspect. I think it would have just been boring if it were her just Stepford wiving everybody, you know what I mean? And then um, the one thing, because we were talking about this with Resident Alien, it's a little different. It's a little different. I'm not talking about Goofy, but they do a good job of what we were talking about of tone, where it's like really serious and scary and you know that moment was so poignant when she was like you know i kept thinking like don't tell him don't tell him he's dead because that's gonna be awful you know what i mean so like that was really actual tension for me and like allison said uh watching him kind of disintegrate and reintegrate or whatever he was doing um so like i like the balance of the goofy you know anachron uh the flashbacks to the entire you know uh um, history of television you know what I mean sitcoms um, and then you know the actual sci-fi aspect of it and the last thing I'll say is we always say this your your show is only as good as your villain so I was actually wondering who the, was the villain because clearly it's not going to be Wanda she's overcome by grief and so it wasn't that the show was boring it's fascinating enough but I kind of was like well we kind of really need to hate somebody you know and who and why so I think that I think that they rate made the right choice I mean clearly he was really the only one that could have been the villain that I was also getting bored is too strong of a word but I was waiting for them to give me a villain to kind of anchor the whole thing and they did and so I have to eat my words a little bit I wasn't sure about the show when I heard the premise I didn't watch the first two episodes that hopeful but now I'm fully in I'm super sold I definitely definitely really like the show well, I don't think that they've actually introduced the ultimate villain yet. I think I think we've got our bureaucratic villain, our military sure. villain. I think there's but a I, supernatural villain out there. I absolutely, sure. because I don't think that I think Wanda herself is being controlled by something. Um, so I I don't think I mean this is you know partly grief and that's why she's vulnerable. But mm-hmm. I think ultimately what's what's making her do these things, or at least part of these things. Is because she remember she says she can't remember past when you know all of this started herself, so something is is bigger than her. Something is is stronger than she is manipulating her powers. Go ahead, Tom. Okay. Plus, manipulating her memories too, because when they had the flashback of trick or treating with the fish and the old lady, and then <laughs> she says that's not how I remember that, and the fact that Pietro, we we get a glimpse of dead Pietro with the same exact wounds as MCO Petro yet in this you know in this makeshift costume by the way all the trick or treat costumes for 
the extended Maximoff family are homages to their comic book costumes. Right. I didn't Which know was that. Right. I thought that was, it was something enough. like that. Yeah, I thought that was something like that. And I would not be surprised if the kids have one more growth spurt before the end because they're putting all the chess pieces in places for Young Avengers. And also uh, House of M, too, aren't they? Say what? They're also doing House of M, right? They have not announced House of M, no. No, but I, what I think somebody was saying that in the comics, what uh, Wanda does at the end of this is she erases all the mutants. But, yeah, but because... The... But because... Mutants don't exist in the MCU right now, and we're about to get mutants. And we found out people who go into her hex, it changes their DNA. They think that what Wanda's actually going to do is create the mutants. Oh, interesting. Oh. Monica Rambeau. Yep. She's going to have mutant powers. So, so that's the theory, is that she's changed the DNA of all the people inside the hex, and so they will become the mutants that we're going to see in the next evolution of the MCU. That's huh. the theory, at least right now. Yeah. All right. I thought it was really interesting that they didn't address where Pietro came from because everybody yeah. had their own pet theories and they basically operated off of Mark Darcy's. She recast Pietro. Right. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was fun. Yeah. All right. So we're Beth definitely giving these. Oh yeah. Up. Yeah, both definitely. All righty then. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And you can listen to us on sci-fi.radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.